Welcome, friends. Lost Guy here, and it's time for basically a podcast solo episode. We're going to talk about Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I keep saying it backwards sometimes. Episode 5. Recording this and putting it out the day before the final episode, because work is crazy. So, I'm just going to go down the line of the show and just say thoughts I have on it, and then summarize with more thoughts at the end, and I guess anticipation for episode 6, though I'm not really sure where it's going to go. I'll say that stuff. So, you know, the, the first scene, of course, is Walker fighting uh, Sam and Bucky, and that was a good fight to have there. They had a hard time taking the shield from him, and, like, I get Walker snapping, I get him wanting revenge, he did all that stuff publicly, he's freaking out, he thinks he's Captain America. Sure with all that, that's all fine. When he tries to murder Sam, that's a bit much, like, what are you doing? Sam's still, like, an ally, I don't understand that whatsoever, but okay. In the heat of the moment, sure. The fight was pretty good. It's a hilarious scene at the end of that fight, and a bit ridiculous, when they just... When Bucky swings him into uh, Sam with the shield. Like, are you kidding me? It's a funny kind of scene, and just the fallout of that's pretty funny. But yeah, that's what they need to do, just really wreck him pretty hard there. And yeah, it was a good action scene at the start, I enjoyed that. After that, of course, we're reminded that Torres exists, which is significant, like he gets the wings... And what's Torres going to do with the wings? You, you can probably get what he's going to do with those wings. It's pretty hinted pretty well there. And then we get Walker losing his post, and he's really upset about that. And honestly, the government would have been fine with him killing Flag Smashers if he didn't do it in public. That was his only problem. Since it was a public thing, it's a big PR problem, they needed to, to just take him out because, well, yeah, it's a big PR problem. Now, here's the thing. And this is something that people complain about all the time with Marvel, and it's valid a lot of the time. Sometimes I think it's fine, sometimes it is not fine, and that is putting in humor at the wrong time. When you've got Walker with his wife, and they're just trying to deal with the fallout, and he's really tense and everything, and then, um, as a Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she shows up from Seinfeld, that lady, she shows up. And she's trying to be funny, and like this, and the lines are probably are probably pretty funny. But in the moment, I was not there for that, and so I did not laugh. I did not enjoy her being there because it was really a little too jarring. I think putting her in there messed up the scene. Just need to have him angry, and then maybe he meets her after or something. They need to introduce her somehow, but it just didn't feel right. It didn't fit right for me. Uh, I don't know if it's an Easter egg or what, but she's in Black Widow. So this lady's showing up, and they're establishing her character some more here. She's going to be in Black Widow as well. Whenever we get to see that movie, we'll see her in there, apparently. And so they're setting something up with her. Probably like a Dark Avengers or uh, Thunderbolts kind of thing going on there, because I don't expect John Mocker to die at the end of this whole thing. He's going to be some sort of thing. He's probably going to still be a U.S. agent, so something's going to be there. After that, we get Carly being an idiot. Now, I'll complain about Carly some more later, but... Like, I said last time that... It makes sense that she, she's acting like she has a plan, but she's making it up as she goes. And that's fine. Like, she's trying to do stuff. It's not the smartest thing. She's more naive. But here, this is just stupid. Going back to where they've been before. Going back to the main camp. Like, Sam was there... Captain America was there, Hoskins was there, Bucky was there, Zemo was there. Multiple people were there that know this is one of her places, and you're telling me she came back here? Make it worse, the GRC didn't have anyone keep tabs on that spot? This is the stupidest scene in the entire show for me. The entire show, this is the worst scene, because they should not be there. That is dumb. That is too dumb. 
way too dumb. And you follow that up with another unfortunate thing. That is Zemo's uh, storyline getting the thread getting tied up. And that is Zemo's at the monument for Sokovia. And then he just gets caught by Bucky and then the Dormelage are there. The only thing that you can make it okay is that he knew he wasn't going to get that far. Like, he's getting away from the Dormelage for only so long. They're going to catch up to him. So it's like, okay, fine. So he wanted to at least see the Sokovia monument before that. That scene wasn't bad. Could have been better, though, in my opinion. Good tension there, but could have been better. And another problem there is they tie all that up, and then it's Bucky and Io, and things are a little little bit better, but he shouldn't show up in Wakanda anytime soon. And then he's able to ask a favor right then and there? I want to make this uh, complaint uh, more later, but just off the bat right now, I feel like this was an 8-10 episode show cut down to 6 episodes. And because of that, we don't have enough time with everything that we should have more time for. But I'll come back to that at the end of everything. Then it's Sam and Isaiah, and you get that whole conversation there. Isaiah, by the way, references the Red Tails, and I don't know if he ever mentions Tuskegee. So the Red Tails are the Tuskegee Airmen, while the Tuskegee Institute is also where that's from, but also a separate thing happening. There's a lot that's going on there. So the Red Tails were the the Tuskegee Airmen. They fund World War II... And despite being, well, heroes, they dealt with a lot of racism. It's very unfortunate at that time. This World War II stuff. Also, what was happening was the Tuskegee uh, test, like the the experiments where they were experimenting on black men, and they did terrible things to them. It was very awful. So I feel like Isaiah is a reference to Tuskegee. He really feels like he is. Because in the comics, uh, it's during around that time. Well, here it's a little bit later. Also, this episode's name is Truth, and Truth is the name of Isaiah's comic. Truth, Red, White, and Black. So we have this whole conversation between Sam and Isaiah, and if you watch enough, like, black shows, you get these conversations where it's the older generation and the younger generation talking about just things they deal with with being black and everything. And we get that stuff, and Isaiah just sees it as no self-respecting black man would wear the shield. Whereas Sam, like, he's trying to decide if he's going to take up the shield or not. And that's the thing to mention it now is the character arcs. Like, the most important character arcs are, of course, Bucky and Sam's. And other characters kind of have some character arcs a little bit. Carly kind of has a character arc. Zemo has a character arc. Like, a little bit. Because Zemo was all about how any super soldier should be killed. But when he meets up with Bucky at the end of his story, he says he wouldn't kill Bucky at this point. Which means he trusts Bucky at this point to not be an awful super soldier. So there's a little bit of, of uh, growth for Zemo there. Then Sam gets home, and then they, they work on the boat. What I like is also you see uh, Sam's nephews playing with the shield, which, yeah, kids would play with the shield. There's no way they wouldn't play with it. And you might be questioning, how can they carry? He's like, isn't it heavy as balls? No, it's 10 pounds. The shield is 10 pounds, by the way. It's really strong, but it's really light. That's what's so great about it, vibranium. That's what makes it so special. And all the boat stuff, I loved it, because it's the community helping out Sam. He's working with his family, and Bucky's also there. So it was really good just character camaraderie building there. I love that. This is probably my favorite scene when it just characters being together. That's my favorite scene. As far as the fights go, they've been good fights. So there's a lot of good scenes with that. Like, I think Sharon Carter had the best just action stuff going on when she was just taking on all those people. That was pretty cool. But just them on the boat working together, bonding, that was really good. And my favorite joke of the show is, is Bucky being right-handed. Because he's fixing up that thing and... Uh, Sam's like, why didn't you use your vibranium arm? And he's like, you know, 
Sometimes I don't think about it. I'm right-handed. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And we see Walker with Hoskins' family. It's a pretty good scene. Like, I think the actor for John Walker does a very good job. He does a good job with what he's got. He's like, he's supposed to be stressed. He looks very stressed in his scenes. In these scenes, he's like, he's just kind of boiling underneath because he did kill somebody, but he didn't get Carly and he really wants to get her. And he's just, he's got to tell them that he got revenge for their son, even though he didn't get the full revenge for it. I think there's enough acting there with just the way he's breathing and moving around in his eyes and everything. It's enough to say to me that he has something underneath boiling underneath. Because I like to study actors' body language and their facial and their breathing and everything. I like to study that for tense scenes. And I think he did a pretty good job there. I really appreciate that. Then we get, like, Bucky and Sam casually throwing the shield and talk, and the talking was nice. There's a lot of good character development here with all the talking. We needed stuff like this, like, earlier, or not this scene particularly, but just other scenes of conversations and character development earlier in the, in the episodes as well. It would have been good. But something interesting that I didn't catch the first time, Bucky reveals that he, got, he heard Steve's plan ahead of time. He knew Steve was going to retire the way he retired, and he knew Steve was going to give the shield to Sam. That's supposed to explain why it's not Bucky and Sam with Steve at the end of the movie, because Bucky already knows what's going to happen, because St uh, Steve told him. And it's just interesting having just Sam and Bucky talking to each other, and they're bonding, and then Sam saying to Bucky, he's like, it's some tough love. You haven't been amending, you've been avenging, so you know. You gotta actually do some amending now. It's gonna be tough, but do it for real. And that's cool, because we want to see, of course, Bucky's character development. We want to see Bucky deal with his past some more and get over that. And here's my guess. This is a question. Is he gonna reveal the truth to Yori at the start or at the end? Because I don't know if there's enough time for it at the start, because we're, we know Carly's happening as well. If Bucky reveals to Yori what happened at the start of the episode, he has to deal with all that fallout and everything, just emotionally everything, and then he has to help deal with Carly. Because if they don't have him, like, rock with that before dealing with Carly, they just have him dealing with that while going and dealing with Carly, it's not going to be as good weight. Now, if the show ends with Bucky at Yori's door and he's telling him he's, he's got to tell him something and it ends there, I think they'd be really good too. Just leaving that open for people to just interpret... Uh, well, how that night goes, I think that's perfectly fine, too. We'll see what actually happens in episode six. Something has to happen there. There's no way they did all that and they're not going to have anything with that. But I think that was a great line, just, you, aren't, you haven't been amending, you've been avenging. I think that's a really good line. And so Sam's been a great character. Like, I never cared for Sam in the comics. I really like Sam in the MCU, though. And then we get the training montage. So the training montage was really good. It was also weird because we just saw him just easily throw him the shield around earlier. But that's because they were casually throwing the shield. Now he's throwing it with some ridiculous force. Now he's really putting some oomph into it, and that's why, of course, he's having a harder time catching it. Which made sense. It's just weird to see him do that after casually throwing it around. If he had trouble from the start, then okay. But no, he's, we see that he has some competence with it already. He just can't do it super hard. Which is important, because we can't have him just become a master of the shield in a montage. We've established that he has some baseline skill with it. Now he's just trying to master it. So... It works out, it was just still odd at, odd at the same time. And we see that, yeah, he's accepted the shield. So his character arc of not wanting the shield, now getting the shield, it's pretty good. I think it could have been baked with more episodes, though. Would have been made better. It was pretty good. Also, I really wanted him to get hit with a shield mid-flip, because he's just trying to be fancy. He's just, he's try that's a little bit of vanity, doing a flip before catching a shield. You're just doing that just because you want to see if you can do it. Because doing a flip in combat, how effective would that be? He just wants to be fancy with it. 
Unless he's just trying to practice trying to catch it while having his wings out or something. And then Batrock's back, and we know Batrock was talking to Sharon Carter earlier. So people are wondering if she's the power broker. I assume she's not the power broker. I assume she is going to usurp the power broker. That's what's going on. Because if she's the power broker, why would she waste time fighting a bunch of assassins, protecting them from the lab that she has control over? Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there, unless she wanted them to clean up her mess by having Zemo kill the scientists because she knew that would happen. I guess that could work out there, but still, when you're the power broker, are you really putting yourself in harm's way? I don't really think you are. But since we haven't seen the power broker, it's gotta be either some big figure that we haven't seen yet, or there's some smaller figure because Sharon's gonna just kill them and replace them. I don't know. I do feel like the power broker stuff has just not been the best. Also, Sharon Carter just keeps getting just pigeonholed into the story. Like, she's like, oh, hey, by the way, she's still here, and it's weird. It's very odd. I don't know. That need to be built better. And, of course, Carly is just a terrible leader. She's not She's not a great leader. But the reason why Carly leads is because she's willing to do things. And that's really the truth of the matter is, if someone is actually willing to take actions, they're the leader because the people who aren't willing to take actions will follow them since something's actually being done. There's no diffusion of responsibility if somebody just goes and takes leadership. And that's why she's followed. The problem is she's impulsive and she's willing to do things, but she has terrible plans. She has terrible ideas. Nothing's great with her. And of course, Falcon's going to go rescue the people. Walker's making a weaker shield. And we didn't get to see the outfit, which is balls. Just balls. So I said it before. Overall, though, I like the show, but it does feel like it's an 8 to 10 episode show being done in six episodes. And that is a problem. We need more time to have Carly be a credible threat and also to believe she's not an idiot because she does stupid things. She really does. All the power broker stuff and Sharon Carter stuff needs to be fleshed out. She's just popping up. Not a great go not a great amount going there. Zemo's story needed a better ending. Like it's fine, but it could have been better. Just in some way, just more time on that. I think they had some good conversations though. But there could have been more to there. Especially with Bucky and Io. I think he needed one or two more conversations with Io. It just kind of just ends abruptly. And that's not great. When you end abruptly, it's because you're running out of time. And that's not a good way to do things. They needed more time. Also, it's just weird, like, he just patches things up, kind of, and also he's asking for a favor. Does he really have any right to ask for a favor, really? That's why I feel like he needed more on that one. And just more time to see Walker's potential as Captain America, like, show him do some good things with it first, and then see him crumbling under the pressure, maybe more time talking about it with Hoskins, more time talking about it with his wife. Just seeing him crumbling under the pressure. Also, the wife, like, she gets called a firecracker by... Uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Like, if she was putting pressure on Walker, too, that would help with him cracking. But we don't get that. She's just a supportive wife, so there's not much going on there. There could have just been more time on that. We needed more time of him getting pressured, more time of him crumbling. Instead, he just snaps instantly, kills a dude, and then just gets taken out by Sam. And just more time with Sam and his family would have been good, too. I don't know what they could have done, though. Maybe it was fine what they did, but there could have been more. Overall, I've really enjoyed this. I just think. It needed more time. I really do. I feel like maybe two more episodes would be enough where they could flesh more things out and things would feel better. But we'll see. Maybe six will be this amazing conclusion. We'll see, though. So that right there is my thoughts on it. Next time, we'll do the thoughts on the sixth episode. It'll come out a little bit later again because I'm working every day. Just working on this a little bit at a time. Eventually recording it. Eventually editing and sending it out. I don't know if this would have been great as a binge. I know... Um, uh, WandaVision as a binge would have been bad. Uh, this as a binge probably would be fine. 
as a weekly thing, it's been all right. But I think as a binge, it could probably would have been good too. And I think Loki's next. And I'm curious how that's going to all go. And we'll probably use solos on Loki. Maybe? I don't know. And as far as guests go for the, the main version of this show, uh, not yet with that. I think everyone's still just drained from the pandemic. So we'll see when we actually do that. But there you go. That right there was Solo, basically a podcast covering Winter Soldier and the Falcon Episode 5. If you want to talk to me about that, you can over at Lost Scarf. So, I had fun. Hope you have fun listening, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.